How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. we play some competitive sports. Once in a while, would it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Red Zone's on the TV. We are underway in week one of the NFL. We've already had a touchdown on the first drive as uh, Sam Darnold looked great. Drive one against the Saints. Panthers have a seven-zip lead. The touchdown went to some guy I'd never heard of, Brandon Zilstra. Maybe he's a rookie or something. I don't know. Number 16. Oh, I'm high on him. I'm starting him in all my fantasy leagues. <laughs> That's a smart man, Joe. You don't even know how to spell his last name, do you? Doesn't matter. Uh, just a real quick note from week one, uh, as far as tight ends go, Juwan Johnson from Oregon Duck. Yeah, <laughs> playing tight end for the Saints. Two red zone touchdowns. It's uh, it's one of those where it's like, okay, that that might be his only usage is in the red zone because he's huge, but uh, that's hey. Good, good a, for the former Oregon Duck. Well, I, I, I remember giggling about it last week. I was like, hey, that's Jawan that's Johnson. And I even remember like reading, going through the fantasy stuff before my draft two Sundays ago and seeing something about Jawan Johnson could be a target uh, backup tight end for the Saints. And I was like, yeah, uh, all right, I'll believe that when I see it. And then first game, two touchdowns right away for the former Duck. I'm like, oh, <laughs> someone knew what they were talking about, I guess. Well, uh, let's uh, let's look at week one a little bit, shall we? Uh, you know, we didn't have a, a show last week, but I try not to overreact too harshly to what we see in week one. But there are certainly things that stick out when you're watching the games that impress you or, or worry you or stuff like that. And I'm going to start a little bit homery, but uh, it, it was it was a very cool moment that I, I was not expecting to hear last week. There was a clip that was shared after the Broncos week one win where Von Miller went to Teddy Bridgewater. And he said, thank you for all of the little pep talks and stuff that you did off the field during the game. We haven't had that since 18, a.k.a. Peyton Manning. And I was uh, I was all on board the Drew Locke should start train this year. You know, it was his third year as a, uh, you know, out of college. Usually that's kind of the make or break year where you're where you're questioning whether or not the guy that you draft is going to be worth a damn or not. 
and I wanted to see him get that chance. Plus, he played really well in the preseason. And I was a little bit nervous about Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. We know what Teddy Bridgewater is. We also know what he's not. He's solid, but he's not going to, like, throw for 400 yards and win you a game. And I was I was viewing Drew Locke as a guy who could potentially do that if he hit his full potential. After hearing that from Von Miller last week on the sideline, and I don't think he thought he was being recorded. I think it was just a little personal moment. It completely changed my mind on that. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy for Denver just solely on that, uh, that basis alone. Denver is a good enough team outside of the quarterback position. They've got enough weapons that they don't need Bridgewater to do amazing things this year to win football games. They just need him to not make mistakes. And as long as he's solid, uh, it's homery because they're my favorite team. But I think Denver is going to surprise a lot of people this year by being way better than expected. I think it's an important thing to remember about Teddy Bridgewater that it wasn't his talent that got him put on the bench it wasn't it was the fact that he got hurt in his third season in minnesota and that's what remember a lot of people including the the vikings were talking about minnesota could be a super bowl team at that point and teddy bridgewater was the reason why if you remember the the overall feeling around the nfl and around the fan bases of the nfl everybody was hurt when teddy bridgewater went down that year like that sucked because you knew that he was that year three that you were talking about, he was right there as far as being the guy and being somebody. And that injury that you, was so brutal. And that injury was super brutal, and it happened at the beginning of the season, so he never got a chance to take off. It happened before the season, wasn't yeah, it? Like was, in, I thought it was, it like, was in was camp, it, I think. Was, yeah, it was a preseason or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember seeing it. It was on a practice field that it happened. Yeah. So, so it, either early season or preseason. It says on 2017, he's uh, one game played, two yeah, attempts. Okay, so, so after – very beginning of the season oh, almost okay. yeah. a la tom brady in 2000 uh 2008 you know breaking his leg with on the first drive you know so uh you felt bad for him so but you knew that he was good and the injury after the injury you just didn't know what he was going to be last year in carolina he had his really first full season as and mind you covid year so there should be an little asterisk next to uh 2020 or 2020 but you know it's just kind of one of those things but he didn't play terrible. He didn't play great, but I think he's still trying to f- get his sea legs under him and figure out what he's doing as a starter. Now in Denver, after that first game, it's like, okay, I think there's a little hope there. Drew Locke, as Jesse Drew, he'll t- probably tell you, man, Drew Locke's not the guy. Probably. Don't know. No, know? he was he was kind of with me on the Drew Locke train before the year. Was he? He was. Yeah, we were kind of in, of the same mind. That's because I know Jesse's really, really, because both of you guys are Broncos fans. Yep. Really, really hard on your quarterback decisions uh, since Peyton Manning. But I'm looking at Bridgewater saying, man, why not? Why can't he take this Denver team and make a, make a few strides and make the playoffs? I think at this point for the Broncos, making the playoffs would be that's you just want to get back to, to that spot of being able to be at the dance. Uh, another thing that I had as a, as a thought from week one was uh, it, it's, it's tough to make a full statement off of it now, but um, – I thought the Cardinals looked really, really good in week one against the Titans. A lot of people have been on the Firecliff Kingsbury train. Uh, I've, Isaac Ropp has said it so many times. I think he personally hates Cliff Kingsbury. But, you know, I've seen it as like he's could be the first coach fired, stuff like that. I, I've always been a little bit higher on the Cardinals. Last year, I thought they were about ready to pop and they weren't. Uh, they were closer the, you know, to it than some people thought, but they were they were more of like a 500 team last year. I feel like Arizona is going to be good and they're in a really difficult division and that's obviously going to hurt them. Um, but 
you've got Kyler Murray now in year three for him. And if he, he scored five touchdowns threw for four, ran in for one in week one, you know, you, you still have Deandre Hopkins there. You've got decent options at the running back spot. You brought in AJ green as a second option at wide receiver. You drafted Rondale Moore, who looks really, really good. Um, I kind of just feel like the Cardinals, although it's a tough division, I'm not putting them in the win the division or anything. Trust me. It's just one. I, I feel like the Cardinals are just going to be a better team than people think. And the Titans were dreadful. Like they looked awful, but I want to give some credit to Arizona and not just raggle over Tennessee in that. Cause I think Tennessee's better than that game for sure. I think you're going to see a better Tennessee against the Seahawks and the fan here after us today, for sure as well. I was just, I was very impressed by Arizona. I mean, What's there not to be impressed by? You look at Arizona's roster and you say, okay, there's some, there's some definite, you know, cause for pause here because there's some guys that can really, really ball. Kyler Murray's growing into his own. Four touchdowns and a pick in this first game. Again, kind of like we talked earlier, there was a balanced rushing attack. You know, nobody went off, but nobody was terrible either. Uh, James Conner and uh, Chase Edmonds played well. But then we're, we're looking at how, when is A.J. Green going to really, really get to be a big part of this offense. That's a big question that we haven't really talked about yet. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously one of the top three or four receivers in the league, but we still remember A.J. Green to be that guy. And if he can even get back to three-quarters of what he was in Cincinnati, this Arizona team is going to do some some great things. And this defense looks like it's kind of, you know, shaping up to, to be something. They still have Chandler Jones up front, so they've got some Who weapons. Got- what was it? Five sacks week one. Mm-hmm. So I Syracuse mean, boy, let's go. So it's 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 one of those things. You got you got JJ Watt and JJ Watt isn't going to be there necessarily to to blow the roof off anymore. He's not going to do that. But what he is going to do is he's going to inspire a lot of these young guys that's on the line because at the end of the day, that's still JJ Watt. He might not be the JJ Watt we remember from the Texans when he was getting fifteen sacks a year, but that's still somebody that if you're a defender, you looked up to like man, that's freaking J.J. Watt right there. Man, he's a part of your team, and he's somebody that's in that locker room giving some great advice to these young guys. So, man, yeah, I'm Kingsbury, we'll see. You know, I, I'm, I still think we're in the we'll see phase uh, with him, but we'll get, get, give him until year – this is year three for him, right? Three or four, this yeah. This is year three or four. So, if they make the playoffs – I think this is his last chance yeah, to be good. Is, if, if they make the playoffs. But even last year, they made some strides moving forward. They didn't have a quarterback or an offensive line his first year. So – you know, there were some things up in the air, but now he's got an opportunity to really make some noise. I think this could be the year for him. I don't know if they're, they're not going to win the division. I don't even think they're going to finish second in the division. But if they can make the playoffs and get 10 wins, I think that's a that's a big W for Arizona this year. And just real quickly, because we're up against it, uh, love the way that the Cowboys competed against the Bucks. Obviously disappointed they didn't come away with the win. And I don't know if it's more so the Falcons are just terrible, but the Eagles looked really, really good in week one, and I don't appreciate that. I want to get to that. So we still got more of this coming up next. There's still plenty more to talk about. Also, um, alert, Red Zone is frozen. And it is for people on social media as well. So it's not just us. Uh, Everyone's freaking out because Red Zone is completely frozen. So what we've missed quickly. DirecTV is chuckling right now. Uh, <laughs> We're yeah. fine. Uh, Jags have a seven-zip lead on the Broncos. Trevor Lawrence touchdown pass to Marvin Jones. Bears have a seven-zip lead over the Bengals. Um, Andy Dalton has a touchdown pass. I don't know to who because it's not on Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson caught the touchdown. Thank you. Uh, Bills have a 46-yard touchdown run from Devin Singletary to have a seven-zip lead on the Dolphins. 
And those are your updates. Oh, Browns are up seven zip on the Texans. They had a one yard run from their fullback. Uh, and Red Zone's back. Hooray! Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll be back. More uh, week one reacts. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T Mobile prioritizes certain T Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hey there, love it coming up in about 10 minutes. But we uh, continue our reactions from week one here on Football Sunday. A couple of quick updates for you. Patriots kicked a field goal. They lead the Jets three to zip. Uh, another Cooper Cup touchdown from Matt Stafford as they took a 7 zip lead on the Colts. Also, the Colts had the ball at the one-yard line first down and did not score. So uh, it was a fourth down stop for the Rams that then led them to score Texans scored a touchdown in their first drive. A, a pass from Tyrod Taylor to Philip Lindsay was the touchdown run for that one. And uh, those are your updates thus far. Nothing else has changed. Uh, the Patriots got three points. I said that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at how just dreadful this It's going to be a bad year. You think so? Yeah. Mac I mean, Jones looked I get, pretty good in week I, one. I, I get like we got a lot of our guys back, you know, for, you know, Patriots – had a lot of people that didn't play, you know, because of the fa- uh, the pandemic last year. You got a lot of those guys back, but still, you don't have you don't have TB12, so that's a problem. So what Joe said before the break, I wanted to bring up it was it was one of those that did stick out to me quite a bit from Week One, and that was the Eagles, who were uh, incredible, frankly, in Week One offensively. They hired the the least heard of coach of the offseason in Nick Sirianni. You know, nobody had heard of that guy, and everyone was kind of confused why they would pick that guy. And then now he's out there. He seems like kind of a – I'm not going to say a cool dude. I don't know anything about him personality-wise, personality wise, but 
he seems like he's hip. Like he seems like he gets the social media stuff. He was wearing an Allen Iverson shirt today, uh, talking to, I think a former Eagle player and that went a little bit viral on social media. You know, of course, Philly loves Allen Iverson. So that's going to endear him to the city even more. So he kind of gets that. But in week one, they beat the Falcons handedly 32 to six Jalen hurts, who I was very unsure of in terms of being a passer looked great in week one. He didn't even run the ball that much, which was his bread and butter last year. Uh, in the COVID year, he ran a, ran a ton when he came in at the end of the year, and he was effective with his legs. He only had seven rushes. He was 27 for 35 for 264 yards and three touchdowns, and Devontae Smith caught six balls on eight targets for 71 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it was it was a shockingly positive performance for Philly, and I again, I'm trying not to overthink it too much, but I really liked what I saw from Hertz. It didn't show me a lot of, like, luck. It showed me a lot of, like, this could be a potentially – threatening team in the nfc East this year well i mean i i, I don't know uh, i don't know if jalen hurts is really good or like joe was saying was atlanta just really really bad i'm gonna go with the latter i think atlanta is just not a great team um they don't have a great running running attack there there was calvin ridley is a, is a good receiver but that's that's in my opinion that's about the, the his ceiling is, is a really good receiver and that defense is it's not very good in Atlanta. So Jalen Hurts came out three touchdowns, hit three different receivers. Uh, the run game was kind of working for him, 62 yards on the ground. So he did everything he was supposed to do against a, a, a subpar team. Like So really, I think today's game, and they have the 49ers today. I think, is that who they have today? Uh, yes. yes. So today's game against the Niners is going to be a better uh, kind of uh, – it's going to give me a better sense of where they are because that 49ers defense uh, is 50 times better than that Atlanta, that Atlanta defense. And that's going to be really where um, Jalen Hurts is going to show me, okay, I'm, I'm really ready to, ready to be the starter. Because there were moments last year where it was like, Ugh, I don't know if this kid looks ready. And then there were moments like, okay, he can play. So I think last week was one of those, okay, he can play moments. Let's see if against a great defense what he's able to do. And then we'll be able to kind of judge a little bit better. And then one final one for me here before we break. By the way, Zach Wilson is 0 for 2 with two interceptions. So Bill Belichick continues to befuddle rookies, which is just incredible. The Patriots defense is legit. You know, um, it's the offense that's going to raise some eyebrows. The, the final one for me is that, once again, Justin Herbert looked insanely good. And it's getting to the point now, you know, one start into his second season. I, I saw this uh, from national people. This is not just me because, you know, we watch the Ducks homering or anything like that. Uh, I saw people saying that they thought that Justin Herbert could become the next top two, three quarterback in the NFL. And he's already pretty dang close to being like a top five quarterback in the NFL. He went up against one of the best defenses in the league in Washington football team. And he went 31 for 47 for 337 yards and a touchdown. He did throw a pick. Uh, but he was really accurate in the air. The Chargers had a tough time finishing in the red zone, which is obviously going to be a concern, but um, he was accurate. He moved the ball down the field. He was uh, spreading the ball across all of his receivers. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine guys had catches for him. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both had double-digit targets and almost 10 catches each. Uh, Jared Cook's their tight end now. They lost Hunter Henry. They replaced him with Cook, which is... Not exactly a one-for-one -one replacement, but Cook's a very good tight end. 
Um, Justin Herbert shows so little flaws to me. And it's just fun to watch. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Ducks fans who are rooting for him to be good in the NFL because it seems that he has found a team that knows how to elevate him to who he can be because Marcus Arroyo, at the very least, and maybe even Mario Cristobal, were a little bit nervous to do so. Um, I think everybody believes in Justin Herbert. Uh, I believed in him in college. I think you were a little down on him a little bit at points in college, but I just knew put him around NFL guys, around NFL talent, this kid's going to be amazing. And in that first year, he proved that he was amazing and then came out first game of year two and put 337 um, yards on the board and also three touchdowns with no mistakes. Like Justin Herbert, excuse me, one, no, he, did he, he threw a pick last week? Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, so, yeah, Justin Herbert is the leader that I think they've been looking for um, really since Phillip Rivers started, you know, declining. And that was, what, maybe five years ago, six years ago? And there's kind of a thing like, is Rivers going to retire? Is he going to go away? And I think the Chargers probably would have been better off by finding a new QB1 at that point. But here we are now. They've got this, man, great kid from Oregon that's just a phenomenal, phenomenal leader. He's got some great weapons to work with in Los Angeles, almost at San Diego, in <laughs> Los Angeles. Um, still hard. It's still, it's still really yeah, I found really it difficult. easier to remember Vegas Raiders than L.A. Chargers, yeah, by the it's, way. It's hard to say. It's, it's weird to say L.A. Chargers. And they should just go back to San Diego. That's just me. But whatever. Um, that new stadium is incredible. It's, it's really nice. They really highlighted that on Sunday Night Football. Holy yeah, it's, crap, it's, it's fun. It's really, really nice. But I don't know. As a, as a player, do you care? About how nice the stadium is. Well, like, I mean, I'm assuming your locker room is also amazing. So do you care? Probably a little bit. I mean, I, su- I, su- I, I mean, Oakland was playing in the Coliseum. What do you think their locker room was like? Now they have this brand new thing in but Vegas. Did, it's probably so nice. But anybody in Oakland complain about the field? I'm sure they didn't like the dirt. Well, you know? Yeah, they probably did yeah. complain about the field. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember many players, and I could be wrong, probably am. I don't remember many players really bitching about, you know, playing on the field. Yeah. Like I said, I'm probably super wrong. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there is. No, I, I mean, just for this, the game, sure. But yeah. you want to play in a nice stadium, I imagine. Uh, I imagine it matters. Yeah. All right. Fine. Just poop all I'm over just my asking. take. I mean, I'm just asking. I don't know. If you want, to, if you a, want but, to take a giant but, poop all over my take, but that's as a okay, fan, I got, a, well, I, t- I got a chance to go to uh, Allegiant um, uh, last month when I went to um, SummerSlam with my son, which was nice. awesome. And, man, that, that stadium, place looks cool too. that stadium is awesome. Just, you know, some of the, the, the anemones or anemones, <laughs> amenities it has are, are some of the anemones. Yeah, right. <laughs> Words. Uh, but no, it's it's a really, really, really cool stadium. So I I, I, I want to get the Jerry World. Like, that's the one place I really, really want to see. I've never, you know, obviously never been there, but I think that'd be cool. to see. Did you see the uh, I, I imagine you did not watch Hard Knocks this year. I saw like two episodes and was like, uh, yeah, I stopped watching it too. But uh, the the cool thing from it this year Sorry, was, Joe. was spread on social media was the drone footage through the star, they call it, which is their practice like campus. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Like that's, that's kind of where like, if you're a Cowboys player, you've got the best locker room. You have the best practice facility, or at least one of the top two or three, assuming some of the other new ones are also really nice. Mm-hmm. That's got to count for something. Right. Yeah, more than likely it does. But I'm curious of how many players, like, you know, in college, facilities matter, right? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You go to Alabama and, like, I'm sold. This is where I want to go. They have a waterfall here. Like, that's that's what you're sold on. If you're a professional, d- does the, the workout facility really matter to you? Or are they all pretty much the same across the board, unless you're the, the old Raider Stadium? 
I don't know. I would matter. To, it would matter to me. I would be very happy with, yeah. with the nice new stuff. I've always been kind of curious about that. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Coming up next, it is time for Hater to Love It First. Joe has sports. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. You want to say what you just told uh, Rashad on the air there, Joe? Be better? Yeah. Be, be fairer. Be, be better, Rashad. Be fairer, Joe. I'm as fair as they come. That is not true. I've lost when Lynch wasn't even here. <laughs> well, maybe that's unfair because he you know, wanted to I win You I think himself. Mike would have had a good take if he was in that chair, so. <laughs> so, Mike's the winner. Hey! That music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. What do you got for us, Joe? Uh, all right. Uh, so to start the day, it was reported that the Bears are reportedly head over heels in love with Justin Fields. That was the report. Head over heels in love with him. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they should just marry him. Um, which they might soon. He was expected to get more playing time today. The Bears right now are up 7-0, so uh, the Red Rifle already leading them downfield for a touchdown. But with that uh, report that they're that uh, that smitten with Justin Fields, hater to love it, he will start next week. Let me pull up the schedule real quick. I, I feel like I saw something that said week four for, for Justin Fields. Uh, they play the Browns next week, then the Lions, then the Raiders. Yeah, week four. I'm going to go ahead and say week four. I'm going to say sell. See the Lions Give on that the schedule. Lions like. gets his first start. <laughs> Andy Dalton is not worthy of being a starting quarterback in this league at this point. Um, he's fine, but he's not going to win you a lot of games. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to be inaccurate down the field. Uh, if they are head over heels in love with Justin Fields, use him. I kind of, I actually will say this. I like what both they and San Francisco did last week. They gave Fields and Lance snaps. It was not, you're on the bench for 15 weeks and then we're starting you, like we saw with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City when Alex Smith was there. It's, we're going to give you some run because we think you can do some things. The first touchdown the Niners scored last week was a Trey Lance pass. And Justin Fields uh, had a couple of, his, his plays were a little bit more like run pass option plays, but they had him out there a decent amount of times. I actually saw that Vegas put a line on over under 21 and a half snaps for Justin Fields today, which is a lot for a backup quarterback. They're getting him ready to do it. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, foul, but it's going to be week four against Detroit that he is going to start. Uh, I'm going to say love. Uh, we saw what Justin Fields <laughs> could do during preseason. Just real quick. I noticed that Mike said foul instead of oh wrong show <laughs> should he lose a remember. point i think he should just i for should good, probably lose a just point for, for going the wrong show but i'm gonna allow it today because players mess up man 
But uh, I'm going to love it, man. We saw what Justin Fields can do during the preseason. He was absolutely lights out for the games that he was able to start. Um, if you're really in that love with, in love with him like that, then why would you wait? And why would you let Andy Dalton be the one that kind of carries you forward? There's no, there, there, there's no type of learning like actual in-game experience. And I don't care how long you're on the bench. You're not going to know what you're doing until you're in the game. Once he finally got into the game last week, he was two, went two for two for 10 yards. One of them was a nine-yard pass. The other one was a one-yard pass. So he didn't show a whole, whole lot. But I think we all know what he can show. We've seen Andy Dalton for the past 10 years. We know, like Lynch said, we know what Andy Dalton is. We know what his strengths are. We know what his limitations are at this point. If you really want to do something, Justin Fields is a game changer. He is a big guy who can come in, run the ball, take a few hits, and then make some great plays for your team down the stretch. Uh, I think Justin Fields should be out there. If you're going to have a chance to win, you're already you're up seven right now. So if Andy Dalton wins this game uh, and you know, and they win pretty convincingly, then I expect him to be the quarterback moving forward. But that first game, Andy Dalton doesn't play well. He struggles. He throws he throws a pick in the first half. I fully expect Justin Fields to come out. All right, moving on to the one o'clock matchup today, either one, one oh five, one twenty-five, whatever. You've got Justin Herbert taking on my Dallas Cowboys. Dallas looked good week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and took a last-second field goal for the Bucs to get the win. And Justin Herbert looked pretty damn good in week one as well. Didn't put up a lot of points, but converted just about every third down it seemed like he was out there and ended up persevering, getting the win against a good defensive unit in the Washington football team. The Chargers are the favorite. I think it's gotten betting down to three points. Started at three and a half, so people taking the Cowboys a little bit there. And the NFL countdown crew, everybody but Sam Ponder taking the Chargers to win this. So, hate it or love it, the Cowboys will beat the Chargers today in L.A. <laughs> uh, man, you know I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna love it, man. Uh, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joe. Um, just, uh, I think Dak Prescott is, at this point, he's really trying to prove himself as not just a good quarterback, but an elite quarterback in the league. Last week, 403 yards and three touchdowns. Like, Dak Prescott came to play against the best defense that Lynch mentioned a little earlier in the NFL uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so this week, uh, against a defense who's not as good, but still has some great de uh, great defensive play, uh, great defensive pieces, uh, I think this Cowboys team is set up to be really, really good. They're not going to play the Buccaneers every single week with some of the receivers they have between Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. And then if you can get Ezekiel Elliott up and really running and back to even halfway of what looked like Ezekiel Elliott, man, this Cowboys team can be unstoppable. But they're going to go as far as Dak Prescott's able to take them. And if he plays, in, like I said, if he plays anything like he did in week one, I think this team is due for a big season. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say hate, uh, and it's because of the Cowboys defense. Point, point for honesty. The the Cowboys defense was atrocious again in the first game against the Bucks. Now, the Bucks offense is very, very good, but let's not forget the Chargers offense looked pretty good as well, despite not getting into the end zone a ton. They have improved the defense a little bit. However, uh, the Cowboys continue to experience losses each week. Uh, they had a suspension. They had another injury. You know, so they are they are playing kind of uh, like 80% uh, already, and it's week two. I just don't really feel like 
that defense is going to be able to stop too many people, especially not Justin Herbert after a good week one performance. Uh, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. It's probably going to be something like 34 31, which is kind of how it was with the Cowboys when Dak Prescott was playing last year. Before he went down with the injury, it was a ton of high scoring games because he would throw the ball a lot because they were losing. And then uh, the other team could just do whatever they wanted against the Cowboys defense. Uh, I think the Chargers win this game. Uh, Another, by the way, inside the 10 yard turnover for the Colts. This time they threw a pick. So Colts have a turnover on downs and now an interception in the red zone against the Rams vaunted defense. And the Eagles just hit a bomb downfield, but it looks like that it's going to get called back. Oh, really? Jalen Rager stepped out of bounds Uh, twice. It did look like he did. Um, Or they're not going to review it. I mean, I think, I don't know how that works. I mean, because the ref did not call him stepping out of bounds. Well, all touchdowns are reviewed. Yeah, well, I hope that it's not an Eagles Did he actually step out of bounds? Yes, twice. You are ahead of us, it would appear. Uh, Oh, well, and that's because I'm on Fox. I'm not even on Red Zone. What's going on? What are you doing? Jesus. All right, moving on to college football. Alabama, they got the win against Florida. But as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it almost seems like Alabama and everybody else. Yeah, it was a close game with Florida, but, I mean, Oklahoma struggling against Tulsa. Um it seems like a lot of the top teams out there around the country are just not very, like, elite. There isn't a big gap. And so right now, the top four, you got Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Oregon. Hate it or love it, outside of Alabama, only one of those current top four teams will be in the playoff. Oh, I hate it. Uh, I think Georgia is going to be in the playoff for sure. We looked at their schedule earlier in the show. Georgia, by the way, has not particularly looked bad like, or, or looked like they've had any risky games. Week one against Clemson was close, and their defense stopped Clemson almost completely, which is pretty impressive, although maybe less so because Clemson's offense has had some struggles to start the year, generally speaking, against all of their opponents. Um, uh, we, we kind of looked at it across the board. Oklahoma's schedule is not that bad. Uh, Oregon's schedule is not that bad, especially with the way the Pac-12 is playing. So I think you'll probably, and and let's not forget it's the college football playoff. Parity is not the name of the game here. You always see Alabama. You 90% of the time see Oklahoma. You 80% of the time see Georgia. And then, you know, Ohio State's in there a lot as well, although because of the loss, they're now on the outside looking in. I'm going to say you're going to see at least three of those teams in the college football playoff because this is what college football is with the four-team playoff. They need to expand. If they want a chance at more parity, they need to expand. Uh, I am, am I loving that these four teams will be there? No. Outside of Alabama, only one of the current top four teams will be in the playoffs. So, um, know, Oklahoma, I, I think Florida, all, I think I think at least three, like Lynch said, I think at least three of those four teams will be there. We looked at those schedules. They're all four very winnable schedules. I don't think Oregon has another ranked team on their schedule uh, for the rest of the season. I think the hardest schedule moving forward is Georgia's. Georgia will probably be the team out, uh, looking on the outside looking in because they do still have, um, what, number 20 ranked Ar- uh, Arkansas. They do still have Auburn on the on the schedule. They will uh, probably have another rank. Florida still on the schedule, and they're you know going to move down the rankings and stuff. So if anybody's going to be on the outside looking in, I would probably say Georgia, but Alabama's schedule is incredibly manageable for now. Oregon has pre- played the hardest game of their season, which was Ohio State, and that was week one. Um, and then... Who else? Oklahoma doesn't really play anybody except for Iowa State towards the end of the season. We don't really see them having many hiccups from there. So, yeah, I definitely think three of these four will be in there. One of them will be the Oregon Ducks. 
Uh, by the way, Andy Dalton hurt his knee. He is hobbled here, on the sideline, so Justin, Justin Fields is in. Also, wow. Baker Mayfield got hurt, apparently. Hopefully, these guys are okay. You don't want to root for anybody to get hurt, but this is... Feel, feel this bad is for my uh, first hater to love a question. Jeez. Jeez, man. Well, that I mean, this is an injury replacement. This isn't a poor performance replacement, so your, your question still stands. Although, if Dalton's hurt for a long period of time, well, then... All right, and then we'll try and fit this one in that real sucks. quick. Hate it or love it. After last night's victory against Auburn, James Franklin should be the top candidate for the USC job. Uh, should be, and I believe he is the top candidate for the USC job. Well, actually, I believe the top candidate was Mario Cristobal, and he told them, uh, go Ducks. <laughs> As he said on the on Collins' show this week when Doug Gottlieb was hosting. But, um, uh, yes. James Franklin should be the coach there. James Franklin is one of the premier head coaches in college football. He was able to take one of the perennially worst teams in college football in Vanderbilt to be good. He then went to Penn State after the paternal Sandusky stuff when they were hit by issues and they were hit by sanctions. And he's made Penn State again a perennial top 10 team. That is the best man available right now who would potentially be willing to leave to take USC back to the top of the Pac-12 and have them compete with the Oregons and the Washingtons on a regular basis, uh, or potentially, I suppose, UCLA if, if Chip Kelly gets it figured out fully there. Um, it's, it's, there's not a lot of options if you're USC if you want to hit a home run here. Like, it, you just had Clay Helton for so many years more than you should have had Clay Helton. You should have fired Clay Helton three years ago. He... he burned their recruiting to the ground for like a year or two and then kind of brought it back last year when he hired some better recruiters you need somebody who is a big personality who can handle the pressure and who can handle pressure more than someone taking over for uh, someone who protected a child rapist james franklin so that's the guy i want if i'm usc and james franklin was a little bit uh, coy about uh, the, the question when asked he was like i'm focusing on this week yeah okay james franklin wants the job uh, man, uh, oh, man, I love that. Are we saying that James Franklin should be the coach? Should be the top candidate. Uh, well, yes, uh, absolutely love that James Franklin should be the top candidate, but I don't think he should be, uh, the only candidate. I think there's some other guys out there that have done a pretty good job of, you know, cementing their legacy as good coaches and could take home to USC and take over. Uh, one of which is, uh, like Minnesota coach PJ Fleck. I think he's, uh, considering what he's done in Minnesota, uh, he can probably change some things around. I think James Campbell is the, is the way to go, but don't rule out Urban Meyer. We still don't know what's happening over there in, in Jacksonville. And if they, oh, if you they, should rule out Urban they Meyer. Start to have a crappy season. We've seen coaches, a la uh, Nick Saban, say, "Man, I'm I'm going back to college because this might be a little tougher for him." And Urban Meyer isn't 35. Urban he Meyer has, is an older guy. He has so much guaranteed money there. Yeah, look, I can't a lot see of him leaving. The, the cursor yeah. is over the lose a point button, Rashad. Tread carefully. What? I'm not. I'm, hey, I'm not the first person to ever say that. And that's like, we're crazy to think that you, if he's not offered money, that he wouldn't go. You but, aren't the first person, but you should be the last person to say. Yeah, well, whatever. Either way, uh, there are certain guys that are definitely in place to, to interview for the job. But if we're being honest, James Franklin is absolutely uh, uh, the number one candidate for that job. And for me, it'd be you know, it'd be awesome to see him take over because you know. Hey, man, you need more brothers around. So, yes, I think that would be the play, though. But don't be surprised if you see another name just emerge all of a sudden. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're at a deadlocked tie here. Oh. We don't have – I don't have a fifth question at tiebreaker here. Well, what's the quick – come up with something quickly. Um, 
Give, it, give us a question. Now you can be biased. Whoever quick answer you like better, you can give the point, okay? Hate it or love it. Eagles losing today. Hate it. Mike? Love it. Well, Mike's your winner. Oh, you jerk. <laughs> okay. I know who's not invited to my barbecues anymore. That's <laughs> you. Well, we're going to have like one minute anyway. Let's go to break. Coming up next, we'll wrap this show up. This is uh, Football Sunday on The Fan. Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, well, not really long today on Hate It or Love It, which, you know, happens sometimes. And because of that, I think we have to go here in like a minute. Seahawks pregame coming up as they play the Titans today. You will hear all of that pregame and post right here on The Fan. Seahawks, last I saw, were six-point faves in that game. Uh, I picked the Titans personally because I think that's a bit of an overreaction to how Tennessee played last week. I think it'll be a much closer game than a, than a six-point game, but should be a pretty exciting game between those two teams. I mean, I just want to see a good game. Like, I don't care about either team, but uh, I don't want to hear – Seahawk fans are insufferable sometimes. I don't want to hear them talk about, you know, go Hawks for the next week. So actively rooting against them, but no, I'm just playing. I just want to see a great game, though, so I think it should be a good one. Also, one thing before we go that I heard from Andrew Nemec uh, when he did his recruiting show on Thursday, he said the best thing for recruiting for Oregon was that USC wanted Mario Cristobal because Cristobal can go Absolutely. into the living room of a kid who's being offered by both USC and Oregon and say, USC wanted me. I was their top option to save their program. So you can either play for me or you can go to USC. And I thought that was a great point. I didn't really think about it that way. But that would be huge in recruiting in a, in a couple of years, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, Cristobal has really done a great job of um, establishing himself as a top coach. And really, if we're being honest, in such a short time. So we'll see what happens. But I think he's going to stick around Oregon for a long time. Good luck in your fantasy matchups this week. We'll have Fantasy Scramble for you next week as well, 930. If you have questions, text them in. And you can find the podcast, Les Schwab Tires Podcast, afterwards if you missed anything and want to go back and listen. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, everybody. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.